Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masechi Kedushin, daf Ayan Aleph, page 71. One of the things that we've seen, or a theme that we've talked about frequently in Talking Talmud, is that often in the pages of the Bavli, there is a sort of competition or a comparison that happens between Eretz Yisrael and Bavel, right? Which land sort of was stronger in Torah learning, stronger in its rabbinic leaders, um, and we start to see this also on these dapim when we have this discussion about genealogy and sort of where was sort of a purity of Jewish lineage maintained and where was it mixed. And it, the Mishnah that sort of kicked this all off at the beginning of our parak basically discussed how Ezra, during the period of the Shivatzion, right, this is the period of time where Ezra goes back up to Eretz Yisrael from Babel takes a group of people with him. He does not take all of the Jewish people. This is 70 years after the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash. Um, and the Mishnah basically says in some of the Gemara afterwards that instead of taking sort of the creme de la creme, most pure uh, you know, Jewish people, he sort of takes this underclass with him because the idea was is that he could leave the creme de la creme because he knows that they would maintain uh, Torah, they would remain re, uh, maintain their Judaism, whereas sort of the classes or the group of people who are not as genealogically pure, he's more concerned about assimilation. And so that's who he brings with him for the Shivat Zion. Um And I think we mentioned a few days ago, like that's actually a very interesting idea about who to take with you. We would think that you sort of bring the strongest uh, people in their Judaism with you to do the Shivat Zion. And instead, Ezra takes a different approach and says the people who he's worried will become lost in the diaspora, that's who he's going to bring to Eretz Yisrael. And now we see uh, on our adapt that the discussion sort of takes place comparing Bavel and Eretz Yisrael. So Gufa, so we're going to, they're referring back to this discussion that took place on 69B. I'm a Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. So remember, this is our same Rav Yehuda who we talked about before, who definitely was a little harif, was a, a little, uh, I would say, you know, a stinging in figuring out who had good lineage and who didn't. And remember, he lives in Babel, and he makes the following ranking. All lands are like dough, meaning their population is mixed between pure and impure, uh, you know, people genealogically, compared to Eretz Yisrael. The Eretz Yisrael, Israel of Babel, and the land of Israel is like dough compared to Babel. So he's basically making a rank from lowest to highest of all other lands, Eretz Yisrael, and then Bavel. And essentially saying, Bavel, right, is the most genealogically pure. And now they tell us a story about Rebbe. Now remember, Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi, the background that you need to know here, he lives in Eretz Yisrael, but he is a direct descendant of Hillel. There's seven generations that we say from Hillel. Remember Hillel and Shammai, that is the last of the Zugod. It's sort of the last of the pre-Tanaitic period. And then we get to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who's a student of Hillel. Um, and Hillel, we know, came from Bavel. So Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi can actually trace his ancestry to Bavel. And so they go to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, and they basically wanted to say, no, we're going to treat the people like Bavel the way we do with Eretz Yisrael. In other words, we're going to assume they also have mixed genealogy of pure and impure. Amar Lahen, so Rabbi says to them, you are putting thorns between my eyes because Rebbe, remember, is from Bavel. And so in a way, this is sort of, you know, saying something not nice about his ancestry, that they're like the people in Eretz Yisrael. It's a mix of pure and impure. 
Um, and so, Ritzonechem, if this is your will, Yitapel imachem Rabbi Hanina Barchama, right? Rabbi Hanina Barchama will deal with you. Nitapel imachem Rabbi Hanina Barchama, Rabbi Hanina Barchama dealt with them. Amr Laham, and he said to these people, Kach mikublani mi Rabbi Yishmael, but Rabbi Yossi. This is the tradition that I received from Rabbi Yishmael, the son of Rabbi Yossi, Sha'amar Mishum Aviv, who said in the name of his father, Kol Artsot Isa Eretz Yisrael. All lands are like dough relative to Eretz Yisrael, but Eretz Yisrael Isa Lebabel. And Eretz Yisrael is like dough relative to Babel. So in other words, Rabbi Hanina Barhama comes to basically say, you may want to change this and say Babel and Eretz Yisrael are equal to each other, but we have a very long-standing tradition, right? Remember Rabbi Yishmael, we're talking as a third-generation Tana. Rabbi Huda Nasi is the last of the generations of the Tanaim. That, and, and Rabbi Yishmael is quoting somebody even earlier than him. He's quoting Rabbi Yossi. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and that this doesn't, you know, we have a long-standing tradition that Babel is considered to be more pure than Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara is going to go on and, and sort of discuss a similar thing that came up. Be Rabbi Pinchas in the days of Rabbi Pinchas, Bikshula Sod Babel Isa La Eretz Yisrael. Again, they wanted to make Babel like Eretz Yisrael. Amar Lahem La Abadav, Rabbi Pinchas said to his servants, Kishene Ani Omer Shnei Devarim Bevet Hamidrash. As soon as I say two things in the study hall, Teluna Ba'arisa Virotsu, put me on a stretcher and run. So, in other words, Rabbi Pinchas was going to announce. Uh, that Eretz Yisrael's genealogy was basically inferior to Bavel, and he understood that he was going to have to leave right away because people were going to be, uh, you know, very, very upset. Rashi explains that maybe he was elderly, he wasn't going to be able to run, that's why he said to put him on a stretcher. Ki Ayel, Rabbi Pinchas, gets to the Beit Midrash, Amar Laham, he says to the students, There's no requirement of ritual slaughter for a bird under biblical law. Um, and this is talking about a Gemara that's in Hulin, uh, that the meat of a bird could be eaten even if shechita was not done uh, correctly. Um, and he taught this because it sort of would uh, surprise, uh, it would surprise the other students that he, you know, the students who were saying this. And then he says, right, at yate v'kamane be, while the students were sitting and thinking about this, Amr Luhu, he says to them, kol artsot isel eretz Yisrael. All lands are like dough compared to Eretz Yisrael. The Eretz Yisrael eats a Lebavel, and the land of Eretz Yisrael is like dough compared to Babel. Nitluhu ba'arisa v'ratzu. The servants put him on a stretcher and ran. Ratzu acharav v'lohigu. And the students ran after him and could not catch him. Um, so we see that this is sort of a, a, a theme, a, an issue that came up multiple times. Um, and then the students want to know, is it actually true what he said? Yashfu batku achigu l'sakana. They sat and investigated the families of Eretz Yisrael until they came to danger, meaning when they actually went to research it, they saw that there were some very important families that actually their lineage was not good, Ufarushu, and then they refrained from investigating it further. And I think we saw this on the DAF previously with Rabbi Yehuda, like, is there a real, with Rabbi Yehuda, is there like a real utility to this? Is this a good game to actually be playing? The Gemara goes on to say, I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan, again, lives in Eretz Yisrael. Helicha biyadenuhi, right? I, I swear by the sanctuary, and it is in our power, right? Uh, that they could reveal which families in Eretz Yisrael are actually not pure. But what can I do? Right? For there are great people of this generation mixed with them. In other words, he's saying, okay. Maybe some of these people are impure, but they're really great families, like they've risen to greatness. 
So the Gemara explains further. Several like Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yochanan agrees with Rabbi Yitzchak. To Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Mishpachash nitama nitama. Once a family is mixed, it's mixed. In other words, we shouldn't isolate a family to try to figure out if they're pure or impure. We really just leave it, and eventually the truth is going to be revealed. Amar Abaye says, We've also learned this in a Mishnah, and this is a very famous Mishnah that's in Masachat Ejot. So remember, Masachat Ejot is considered to be the first tractate of Mishnah. We talked about this, that this was maybe the tractate that was written on the day that Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah uh, as seen in the Gemara and Brachos, Dav Chavzayin through Chavchet, that story where he becomes the Nasi after Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel needs to be removed for his treatment of Rabbi Yoshua. And Masachat Ejra doesn't have a theme. Um, it's in the Seder Nazikin, but it, it teaches a variety of, uh, of different halachot. And this comes from the eighth chapter, Mishnah 7. Um, and it talks about how Mishpachat Beit Hasrifa Haitabe Ebrahar Yardain. There was a base Srifa family that lived on the bank of the Jordan right in Abraha Yardane, they were known to be pure. And the Ben-Sion family was pushed away by, by force. In other words, they wouldn't let its members into the community. They assumed they were a Tameh family. There was another family, right, that was known to be Tameh, but the Ben-Sion people drew that family close to them. Families like these, right, which were basically... Uh, forced in a way uh, to let their status be known. When Eliyahu Hanavi comes, he will declare them pure, impure, to push them away or to draw them near. In other words, when Eliyahu comes, that's when we're going to sort of say who's pure and impure. But until then, this isn't something that we actually should be dealing with. So what Abayi says from this mission is, families like these where we know Right, who they were sort of mixed in w- w- with the other Jews by force, they'll be dealt with Eliyahu about But a family that became mixed and people are unaware, Eliyahu is going to allow them to stay mixed, and that's what Rabbi Yitzchak's talking about. So this goes even farther. What Abai is saying is, is that only the families that it was by force, that's what Eliyahu is going to, you know, fix. But a family that yes was tame, but sort of no one's aware, we're just going to sort of keep it that way. And then there's a Brisa that further talks about this, right? Tanya od acharet haita. There was another tainted family, v'loratzu chachamim legaluta, and the rabbis didn't want to reveal it. Avel chachamim mostri notol livnei melutamidayim pamachab b'shavua, but the sages do transmit it to their children and their students every seven years, right? V'amri le pamayim b'shavua, and some say uh, twice every seven years. The idea being, their family shouldn't, you know, maybe marry into those families, the chachamim families but they're not going to make a public statement. Um, and then the Gemara goes, you know, says, Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak said, Mistavra, we can assume, Kamanda Amar Pa Machabeshavu, the one who says once every seven years, right, is correct, Kedetani, and he quotes a Bryce to prove why it would be once every seven years. The Gemara is going to go on to continue to discuss this, and there's even a story about how Rabbi Yochanan's uh, genealogy is itself questioned because he himself lived in uh, lived in Eretz Yisrael. Um, but it's very interesting to see sort of this, uh, you know, again, this rivalry that we see between Bavel and Eretz Yisrael. And also that the Gemara sort of says, this isn't something, you shouldn't really get into this practice. We shouldn't really be getting into the practice of sort of revealing who is pure and who is impure. 
So I want to pick up on that point about, you know, the degree to which we're not supposed to investigate people's backgrounds and the degree to which, you know, how much, how much do we really know about anybody's background in that kind of way anyway? What we have here, moving on to Ahmed Bet, is a whole bunch of different cases, right? We've been talking about how, you know, sometimes we have only discussion of halacha with no practical cases. Sometimes we have a lot of practical cases and the halacha itself is not, does not even need that much development because there's practical cases. So in this case, we have, I just want to go through a couple of examples. The daf is long. I mean, alf is long and I'm a bed is long. We're just going to do a snippet here. Ze'iri have a kamishtamit minei de Rav Yochanan. So Ze'iri, who is Babylonian, right, he had been avoiding Rav Yochanan from the land of Israel. And what happened? Because Rav Yochanan kept saying to have a marley, he kept saying to him, Nesiv Brati. He kept saying, marry my daughter to, Rabbi Z- to, to Ze'iri. And then one day they actually were walking together. And Matu Demaya, sorry, they they came upon a large puddle, puddle of water. So Ziiri picks up Rabbi Yochanan, puts him across his shoulders. I don't know, he's helping him carry carry him across the puddle. Meaning the whole thing is that he's he's bearing him over the water. Presumably, you know, this is a matter of respect and to to help him and to honor him. Amarle or oraitan kshera b'natin b'natin lokshkashran. Meaning our Torah is so holy that you're going to carry me across the water, but you're not going to marry my daughter. Man datech. He says, "What's your reason? Like, what's the rationale for that?" And then Rabbi Yochanan goes on to say, and he, he goes on and gives a whole long list, right, this from this Mishnah, right? If we say that you're concerned about lineage, right, then you've got a whole lot of things to worry about, right? And it's not just a matter of Babylonian versus, um, versus uh, someone from the land of Israel. Right, so that and the Gemara, you know, says specifically, and we've talked about this. Your Danny, we just talked about Dama Reb Lezer, Lo Allah Ezra mi Bavel Ad Shasa Kusolet Nekiava Allah. He he made um, the the population that it was being left behind in Babylonia like fine flour, and then he moved to Israel, and that is why again why that we're talking about this purity of lineage for those who stayed in Bavel. The Gemara is another story. But the point of that really is the rebuke, right? Meaning the rebuke that you think that you, you're going to be so snobby about this one concern, but really there's so many other concerns you could be having at the same time. Ula Ula came to Pompadita and he came to the house of Rav Yehuda. He sees that Rav Yitzchak, who's the son of Rav Yehuda, was an adult. He had grown up and he was not married. Why didn't the master, meaning why didn't Rabbi Yehuda marry off Rav Yitzchak, the son? And Rabbi Yehuda says to him, How do I know who he's going to marry? Right? Meaning this whole point of being worried about this lineage. And Ula says back to him, how do you know where you come from? Meaning, who's so sure about what your lineage is to be so, again, like hoity-toity about it? He says, maybe we're from those same people about whom it's written that they, it's a verse in Echa, in Lamentations, right? The, the whatever, the punishment, the downfall, the the... Um, destruction of the temple included a whole lot of destruction of society. And the verse says in chapter 5 in Echa that they 
you know, the polite way, I guess, would be to say they ravished. They raped the women of Zion and the maidens in the cities of Judah, meaning all of those people who have such pure lineage coming out of, you know, who 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 knew that they could trace back, going back, you know, their same their same generations going back very far, maybe that same baby once upon a time was born from one of these, you know, violent acts, um, which we don't want to think about in the least. But his point, again, to focus on the point here is, who's to say exactly that anybody has a purity of lineage? Frankly, we know nowadays with genetics that a purity of lineage isn't necessarily or is necessarily not the healthier way to go, right? But the point here is, you know, Again, it's the rebuke here from Ula to Rabbi Yehuda, like, don't worry about this. Meaning, you want to worry about Judaism. You want to make sure that your person is a fine character. And you want to make sure that they're not doing any of the Gemara goes on to talk about. You want to make sure they're not doing any of these activities that are considered really lewd and inappropriate and unpleasant and some of them really, you know, kind of vile. Okay, so check that out. But that's not the same thing as lineage per se. And I think that that's really the point, um, or the point that we want to draw out in any case, that the Babylonians, yeah, they had this refinedness that that Ezra made sure of before he brought the people back to the land of Israel. But on the other hand, even those people who knew that they came from a relatively refined lineage, even they can't be sure that there was no blemish going all the way back. And so the conclusion is, ah, leave it. Like, what's the point to worry about this if you have good people in the story? Um, again, the daf is long. There's much more to read here. Many, many more cases. And it's not so simple, right? I, I've just, we've just presented this as like, you know, it's ideal the way we want it to be the ideal. I do think that this was Chazal's um, premise and and position that they wanted to, you know, leave us, leave us the generations with. On the other hand, there's an awful lot of concern about it back in the day. So obviously it's not that everybody was on the same board, on the same page rather as saying, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Right. Oh, your lineage doesn't matter. People did think, um, but what they wrote down for us to inherit um, is more generous perhaps than at least some of alive in that day, making, you know, making the noise about the, these very same concerns. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this stuff. Farber for hosting. And until tomorrow, go and learn.